they exist? Do not be deceived. There are tares sown among the wheat. There is no deception so well hidden in plain sight than the agenda of the troglodyte. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own abuse. It's been so long since I've heard that intro. So good. So solid. I know I have to beg to come over here. <laughs> What's up, folks? What do I have to do to do another podcast? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what you have to do. Uh, fix the microwave. Come and fix the gutters. Help me move. Check, check, check. <laughs> Did all that. <laughs> fix the tire. Uh, help That's me move branches. Good way to s- fix my fence. <laughs> oh. Meow, meow. Yep. Yeah, that's always fun. But yeah, anyways, um, yeah, thanks for coming over and helping me with all that. Yeah, that's that's the way to spend a good Friday, yeah. <laughs> religious holiday. Are you ready for this? Do one? it, pop it. Okay, is this, you want to pop tell them what the, it is? Pop it for uh, the people up front. Uh, pop it. Nice. This is a Good Friday, um, yeah. brewed by monks. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a lemonade. Oh, that's good. It is very tasty. It is a brew dogs. Elvis Juice Grapefruit Infused IPA. Yeah. Am I close enough to? Yeah, that's good. Okay. There you go. Yeah, guys, welcome back to another DadCast, your favorite podcast about things that my dad talks about. <laughs> Crazy stuff. <clears throat> um, we're going to get a YouTube channel going. That's that's the next move. Is it? That's going to be happening here soon. I already have it set. I just need to start uploading our old episodes and things. It'd be nice, too, I think, to have like... Uh, uh, sermon one, two, three, four as something you can just play through or even just like one super cut so you can mm-hmm. listen to all of it. Things like that. Okay. There's things that we'll do to make it all. There won't be video, but at least the audio will be on YouTube. We can just tag it next to your last guest to Aquascape yeah. of Michiana. Right. And we'll, well get this a bunch go, of views then. This will go after the next guest probably. Oh. We'll see when this posts. Oh. We could probably post You've it got now. stuff in the can. I got My a goodness. lot of stuff in the can. I've been pumping oh, out podcasts. Yeah. Just like oops, oops, oops. Bumping out podcasts. The people coming out of the woodworks asking the podcast and so I tell them. So that's why I haven't been here. Listen, okay. I see where I You can fit. come to podcast if you'll help me with the tire and the cutter and the okay. <laughs> moving the leaf. We may podcast tomorrow too, but you can hold on to that one for a little bit. Yeah. Because I've got about five to six things I'm studying. And yeah, no one knows what day it is except for us. <laughs> well, I kind of hinted already. Yeah, Good Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's every Friday is a Good Friday, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I like that. You got some stuff to talk about? Yeah. Okay. You had some stuff brewing, huh? Yes. Yes. First shout out to all of our listeners. Thank yep. you guys so much for listening. And all the people who've been interested in talking about it. And it's been cool to see it yeah. spread. Yep. Uh, we had Passover. We had 21 people at Passover. Was it? And uh, somewhere, I was telling, I think David and Nate were talking to me. And I was, I said, well, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at uh, why was Peter called Simon Barjona by Jesus, which is not, is not, it's not his correct lineage. And I'm looking at uh, why do they break a heifer's neck over a stream 
in a mm. field if there's an unsolved murder. That one I haven't done much work on. Uh, getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So what you're saying. Yes, sir. And a couple other ones that are pretty close to ready. Yeah. So I had someone ask me um, why. Do you remember the story of um, who was the king who got like a second chance? Hezekiah. Yeah. Do you remember the young prophet that went and kind of told him God's message? Then as he's leaving, the older prophet came and kind of was like, hey, uh, come stay with me. Oh, that's cool. a different story. That's, not that's the one I've been studying for two years, and I can't figure it out. Oh, with the, why that's, is there uh, a lion? Why is there a donkey? Yeah, First Kings 13. That's, uh, yeah, the a man of God. They don't We don't know his name. Was Yeah, he prophesied against Jeroboam. Jeroboam. The, the first king of Israel who set up a false religion. Mm. Yeah, that. I think I got some more insight on that. But Yeah, it's yeah. W- a weird story. Yeah. It makes no sense, but it's in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you make yeah. a devotion out of that? You know, like how do you make it make sense? It doesn't, it's not a three points in a poem type. It of, is not. You know, you can't just like, oh, no. this is what God's saying. It's like, what is God saying? <laughs> yes. That's the fun part. Yeah. So some things I get quicker and other things I I keep looking at it. It's, but I don't mind the treasure hunt. That's what it is. A treasure yeah. hunt. Figure so I don't know. I, I can't cover that one yet because. I keep going all different directions with it. Like, what is going on? So, anyways. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, you got stuff you want to talk about. So, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Leviticus. Leviticus. I've only had two sips of this beer and it's already hitting me. I told you, it's a heavy one. (laughs) No. Uh, Leviticus 16. Who is Azazel? I haven't given you the notes. I mean, you have the physical notes, but I need Mm -hmm. to upload them to you. To the cloud. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we can be be canceled. Uh, nice. Yeah. So do do you want to read that? Uh, there's just two verses there in 16. Yeah. So yeah, this is let's and, set the story for everyone to listen. Oh, to, right. Okay. Let's do it. So this is uh, Leviticus 16, yeah. eight through 10. Yeah, and the story is um, the the bigger story is God is giving instructions on the Day of Atonement, which is a one-day thing that's pretty significant for Israel. It's one of the feasts, right? Right. Yeah. What is it? Or no? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's part of the fall feasts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I go into the feast pretty heavy, so you will want to get notes because it, it'll get confusing, you guys. It's yeah, we'll so much. That. But um, I'll probably ask questions, uh, hopefully. Yeah, do ask questions. But the other thing that's really weird is uh, Aaron lost his two sons because they, I didn't study that out, but that's the beginning of this. It's this is right as, after this happens, and his he has two sons that um, do something wrong with lighting a certain kind of incense the wrong way, and fire comes out from the Lord and burns them up oh, wow. <laughs> instantly. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, it's not a fun. Not a fun thing. So they are high priests. Yeah, yeah. Four, Aaron had four sons. Two, two of them didn't make it. So, yeah, it's good. Good to know, guys. Yeah, if you want to have multiple offspring, <laughs> smart to have multiple so that yeah, some of them can make it. Yeah, yeah. It's that's the weird one too. Anyways, that's that's okay. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's what this is about. So, so. who is Azazel? Well, okay, yeah. so Leviticus sixteen eight through ten, and Aaron shall cast lots over two goats. 
one uh, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Az- Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord to use it as a sin offering, but the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement over it, and then it may be sent into the wilderness of Azazel. Yep. Now, uh, Azazel doesn't appear in every... uh, Some translations don't mention that name. So... The Illuminati Bible? Yeah, do they I think so. It? The message. It doesn't. The NIV doesn't. Does the message? I don't know. I don't read the message. Good luck. It's one of my least favorite. Um, Ooh, you hate <clears> the Bible. <throat> you guys heard it here. <laughs> Joking. Go All on. right, so I'll start reading here, and, and do chime in anytime because things make sense in my head, but I realize that that's why it's good for you to ask questions. Okay. The name Azazel appears only in Leviticus 16. In verses 8, 10, and 26. So that's the only time in the Bible. Many translations avoid the name and insert a word, scapegoat. So it would have it would have read, you know, choose two goats, one's for the Lord and the other's a scapegoat, or something like that. Yeah. It can be seen that way from the context, but Azazel is the correct word. The context is about the procedures for the Day of Atonement when once a year the high priest performs a reset ceremony for the tabernacle and the nation of Israel. It's about cleaning out the impurities of sacred space and the community that surrounds it. Sort of an annual spring cleaning, or in this case, a fall cleaning. Two, go- two goats are taken to Oz... To, not, yeah. Sorry, that again. Ooh, what was that? Yeah, that, was on my, that was on my... That was good. Yeah. I like that. Two goats are taken to Aaron, and lots are cast over them. One will be taken as a sin offering before the Lord. The other goat is taken before the high priest. He will lay both hands on the head of the goat and confess or transfer all the iniquities, transgressions, and sins of the nation onto the goat. And that's in verse 21. It is then released in a remote place in the wilderness to Azazel. Note, when Aaron casts lots over the two goats in verse 8, one is for the Lord and the other goat is for another being. And here's the rub. The word in, the, in that, scripture you, that, the, use, uh, that scripture uses cannot mean scapegoat. It can't mean that because the word is actually a proper noun. It is a being, not a thing. The word Azazel and his real, it, it, he's a real entity He's a fallen watcher. He's not a scapegoat. Mm. So when you when you render that verse scapegoat, it's dumbing down the verse. Uh, it's replacing it. Yep. So <clears throat> I know you just said a lot of things. Let's just, again, mm-hmm. make it even simpler. So it's a spring cleaning that happens once a year in the fall. Actually, the fall, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, it's okay. It's a reset. It's a cleaning, spring, spring cleaning, cleaning everything. People understand what spring cleaning yeah. means, right. even though gotcha. a lot of people spring clean whenever they need to. Yeah. Smart people do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they take the two goats. They come in front of the high priest. One goes to, to the, the Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. which they sacrifice. Yep. Right, And the other one gets given to a being in the being's area. Yeah, it goes to Azazel yeah, out Azazel. in the desert. Yeah. Yep. Though many translations say scapegoat because they don't know how to wrestle with Azazel, would you say? Or they just figure, well... Uh, Azazel means 
I don't know. There's ways of getting scapegoat from the word or whatever, but it, but it, it is it's a proper name in yeah. the tech in the scripture. Can I take a side <clears throat> sidebar real quick? Okay, uh, a little bunny trail. Yeah, this is verse eight in the Message Bible. Did you look it up? I looked it up. Okay, he'll cast lots over two goats, one for God and the other for Azazel. Oh, he got it, yeah. Eugene. Way to go. Whoa. Way to go, buddy. Do you take it back? Do you take back I all do. the hate you have? I don't hate Eugene Peterson. He's, he's, he's with the Lord. Yeah. But, yeah. There are things in the message I'm like, uh, but anyways. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. But he translated, I mean, I don't know Hebrew and Greek. Like, I couldn't translate the Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so we got to, you know, got to pay respect to yeah, Eugene. I don't, I don't hate him, but I do not like the message. I just don't. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. your cup of tea. Yeah. But- they did so, get this kind of right. It's interesting. Yeah, that is um, good. What what is all right? So sorry. Back to They're the good. meat of the meat of the sauce here. What is Azazel? So you're saying it's a being. Yep. Right. Yeah. What is it? Good. What is that? That thing? I'm glad you asked that because that's the if very next not, sentence. If it's not a scapegoat, what is it? Okay, go for it. Okay. <laughs> you set that up, didn't you? No, Man, didn't. that's a you're a good podcaster. Uh, who is Azazel? According to the first book of Enoch, oh no, he's not going to talk about Enoch again. Yeah. Yep. Enoch is, let's again break down a yep. little bit. Enoch is a book that is not biblical, though. Non canonical, yep. Non canonical. Except in the Ethiopian church. Yep. The Ethiopian church does have the mm-hmm. book of Enoch as part of their they do. Bible. Interesting. The, but it was written around that time. It's almost like the way I've heard it explained is um, when you say, hey, uh, Christ is like Aslan, right? We all know who Aslan is because we've all read that book. C.S. Lewis. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how the Bible is written at times where they're like, blah, 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 blah. We may have not read the book of Enoch, but the people at that time knew who it was because it was a cultural understanding of it was a, a thing in the culture, yep. Enoch was. So yep. to understand cultural context, it's not bad to read the book of Enoch. Right. Though it's definitely debated if it is canon or not. And I'm I'm suspicious that first Enoch, there's more than there's a couple there's later editions that you can tell are different. But first Enoch may really be really pretty accurate. Mm. But I don't you know. Yeah. There are people that there are early church fathers that argued for Enoch being in the book in the Bible. So really? it's it's just not yeah it's it's something we should who you should be aware. Of. Who would have guessed? Yep. Who would have known? All right. So um oh, yeah. So who is Azazel? Okay. So it's in the first book of Enoch. Mm-hmm. What's what, what's it say about Azazel? Uh, Azazel was one of the two hundred fallen watchers who began the Nephilim hybrid race of Genesis six. Mm-hmm. So go back to the Genesis six. Uh, sermon that I did, and that'll help explain it. Yeah. So, in particular, now I'm going to read from the first book of Enoch. Oh boy. Okay. Listen what the, he what he did here. So he was one of the leaders of the fallen realm. Yep. Okay. Azazel taught men to make swords and daggers and shields and breastplates, and he showed them the things after these. Or a better translation would be, he showed them metals of the earth and the art of making them bracelets and ornaments and the art of making up the eyes and of beautifying the eyelids and the most precious and choice choice stones and all kinds of colored dyes. So he was uh, teaching a lot Mm. of stuff, warfare, beautification, seduction, jewelry. Wow. Yeah. Precious stones. What is, yeah. Wow. So that's Azazel. 
the righteous watchers, such as, I know we're not used to this name, Raphael and Michael, we're used to Michael. So the righteous watchers, the ones that weren't fallen, Raphael and Michael petitioned God to bring restoration to the damage caused by the fallen watchers. God answered the rebellion of the fallen realm with certain punishments. The watchers were bound in Tartarus and were forced to witness their hybrid sons destroy each other in prolonged battles. Then the flood exterminated whoever survived. Azazel's specific punishment is recorded in 1 Enoch 10. So I just, I, in that paragraph, I just, I just crunched down a lot of information from Enoch. Yeah. Is that you got the bad watchers were teaching humans how to uh, corrupt themselves. And then the good watchers or the good angelic beings that haven't fallen are like, hey, God, we got to do something. The divine council that meets with God. And so God comes up with a plan. Not, not that He can't think one through, but you know, um, He uh, begins to uh, allow these different centers of civilization that are being corrupted by these different watchers. They form civil wars against each other and begin to annihilate each other. And then God eventually brings in a flood that so it weakens and then. Yeah. yeah, according to Enoch. According to Enoch. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep, we only get four verses in Genesis 6. So yeah. the Bible often melts stuff down because it's really focused on it's a high our salvation stuff. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyways, okay, so that's okay. kind of the background. So, so what's the punishment for Azazel? Okay, so that's the, so now I'm going to talk from First Enoch 10. Okay. And further, the Lord said to Raphael, so this is what God says, bind Azazel by his hands and his feet, and throw him into the darkness, and split open the desert, which is in Dudael, and throw him there, and throw on him jagged and sharp stones, and cover him with darkness, and let him stay there forever, and cover his face so that he may not see the light, and so that on the great day of judgment he may be hurled into the fire." Interesting. So do well. Huh? So do let well. me break down what some that That's word do to L means. Okay. So do to L has several meanings. It may be from two words, duda and L. The word duda can mean boil or can mean to uh, a pot or a cauldron, a basket, or even a crater. Hmm. The second part of the word is L. That now this isn't. Bi- El isn't a word for the God that we know. Sometimes you'll hear El Shaddai, but but El is a... Ben Elohim, right? Yeah, El is a... Uh, I mean, when a Mormon talks about El or a God, we know that they're talking about a different person than we... <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Or Jehovah Witness talks yeah. about God. They're not talking about... Right, or a Greek person talks about God, or yep. a Latin person talks about God. Yes. Right? They're talking about deities. Yeah. Spiritual deities. Yep. That... Okay, so El, this, this is probably referring to El, the supreme god of the Canaanites, or it may be referring to Enlil, the chief deity of the Sumerians. So the meaning of Duda El, that's where Azazel is thrown, the meaning of Duda El means a cauldron or a crater of El. Hmm. It is important to notice that Duda El is not the opening in the desert. So God didn't throw Azazel into an opening. The text says, split open the desert, which is in 
due to L. This may be a picture of Tartarus. However, the region of Bashan and Mount Hermon east of the Jordan River is distinguished by its volcanic landscape of hills and craters. So you're talking about a physical location Mm -hmm. that has some characteristics that might be similar to where this location of... Because right, we're going yep. back to like, okay, Azazel, and then you actually, the Israelites would literally take, this is in the Bible, mm-hmm. would literally take a goat and bring it into the area, the realm that was Azazel's, and leave that goat there. Yes. Well, yes and no. Because the region, I, I don't know that for sure. I can't, I don't know how far away they took the goat. Yeah. from their camp but it when you, you get it outside of the camp into the wilderness desert area it kind of symbolizes the area of azazel oh, i believe okay but so they wouldn't go to that location physically they may have yeah, they may have okay may have but it may have been 50 miles away right. so right I, i'm not sure what they did but i i get what they're doing so but that's a good question i'm glad because i kind of was trying to explain that in here and i wasn't sure if i was yeah. getting it so in tartarus what's tartarus you said this may be a picture of Tartarus. Is that Good one of the, you know, it's you got Sheol, you got Tartarus. It's not where Tartar sauce comes from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So, and I know you probably are familiar with this, but um, uh, the underworld in the Old Testament, Sheol or the grave is where the dead went, righteous and unrighteous. Okay, we know that from a parable that Jesus talks about where the, oh, we won't get into that, but just explain real quickly that the, the, the underworld has a place for unrighteous people, which is called, um, could be called basically Sheol or the grave. It could be called other things, but there was a place also for the righteous that were waiting and they were, it was called um, Abraham's bosom. So those are two compartments in the underworld. So the the righteous saints were waiting for Jesus to come take them. Now, they weren't tortured or anything. They were fine. But they're still in Sheol. Unrighteous are waiting judgment. The righteous are waiting for Jesus. And below, if it's maybe another dimension, but I'm just going to use that word below. Below that would be a, a further imprisoned place where which was called Tartarus and that's where the fallen watchers were chained in darkness interesting so that was only for watchers or yep. spiritual creatures pretty bad cre- yeah, yeah god may have put other creatures in there too but okay. not the for humans fallen watchers yep. yet and a fourth place is called the lake of fire which is hell which is empty right now hmm so when people come on YouTube and say, I visited hell and this is what I saw, they didn't go to hell. Yeah. It's empty. Wait, you're saying not to trust anything on YouTube? I am saying that. What if they trusted? If the Unless dad it's cast? our dad cast yeah. is on there, then they can right. trust that. Yeah, you go right to the same spot. Okay. So. Um, okay, so you said, yeah, side note, about 50 miles southeast of Damascus, Damascus actually looks like a giant volcanic cauldron. From satellite images. So, yeah, we were talking a little bit about that. Um, yeah. Yep. yep. Do you want to explain yeah, a little we, more? 
I think that's good. We don't have to cover those couple of sentences there because we kind of yeah got into so. Okay, so now and those questions. So it could be a legitimate place, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was definitely symbolic, and they send a goat out there. There might be a legitimate place that this entity is its the its dominion. Yeah, when you look at satellite images, it's crazy. I think you looked at it a while back. We looked at it. Yeah. Yeah, it does look like a crater. It's weird. If it's near Mount Hermon too, that's yes. weird too. Mount Hermon has a lot of yeah like, significance in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Yes. It's like a very uh, it's, it's a mountain, right? In <laughs> physical, Herman. but then like if you look at the Bible, there are different events, and you'll see them as like spikes that tie things together. Yes. And Mount Hermon is one of those at times. Yeah, throughout the Bible, exactly. Which is interesting. It's a mountain in the Bible. It's the highest mountain in Israel. It's three times higher than any other mountain, and that's where the watchers descended and started their rebellion. And uh, it's interesting. I know we're going off course here, but Psalm 68 um, is sort of um, God is chastising Mount Hermon, and and he also calls it Mount Bashan, so the region of Bashan, and they are looking at an envy because God chose Mount Zion, which is Jerusalem, which is just a, like a hill compared to Mount Hermon. Yeah. And yet that's where God has his holy temple. Mm. And anyways, Mount, yeah, anyways, like, I'm going off on different uh, Where? Yeah, okay. Okay, keep going. Okay, all right. So, and this is going to get more and more detailed, so your oh, questions boy. will help. Here we uh, go. So let's look at details about the second goat. So, was this goat a sacrifice to the fallen watcher named Azazel? No. Eh. Nope. Okay. The second goat carried the impurities of the nation out to the wilderness where it was set free. It was not sacrificed to Azazel. Neither was it a ransom payment or a peace offering to Azazel. Why should God Almighty... The Elohim of all Elohims? Why should he owe ransom payment to an inferior, imprisoned, fallen watcher such as Azazel? Yeah. So, and as Dr. Heiser argued, the goat carried the sins of Israel away from the camp and transferred them where they belonged, in the territory of Azazel. And Azazel was getting what he deserved, nothing but sin. Hmm. So the goat just carried sin to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nothing he can do with that. So, so it's not a sacrifice. It's not a payment. God doesn't owe Azazel anything. Uh, so now I'm going to get into some stuff I've been just meditating over and stuff. So, so I've, I've given you information that I've gotten from other people. Now I'm now I'm now I'm going to riff on my own here. Go for it. Uh, this second goat scenario reminds me of a couple of related passages. Matthew four is one of them, where Jesus led by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to face the devil. Jesus, at this point, was not yet bearing our sins into the wilderness, so he doesn't quite fit being the second goat, right? But he was in the territory of Azazel because he's in the wilderness, and he was there for a face-off. He, and he returned victorious as the perfectly proven man empowered to launch his ministry. And I'm not calling Jesus just a man, but I'm just saying he's perfectly yeah. proven there. He's a man, but even more. Right. The devil won nothing from that confrontation. However, keep in mind when Jesus went into the desert, he was 
he went there to be tempted, not to bear our sins away. See, he hasn't. He's not doing that yet. Right. And by the way, I'm not saying that Azazel and the devil are the same entity. That's another argument. So. Yeah, which we kind of talked about. Yeah. Uh, another idea I've been thinking about is linked to several passages that deal with the crucifixion and Jesus' trip to Tartarus. So that's where he went. That's where Jesus went when he died. When, when he, he was, was crucified. Yeah. Really. And oh, and, and that's what's stated, right? He goes to Tartarus. Yeah, in Jude and Peter. So he's not going to the to the Abraham's bosom. He does. Yeah. He goes there too. He goes. Man, he goes anywhere he wants. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a yeah, trip. I do have a teaching almost ready for what happened when he crucified. What the details of what? Okay. Yeah, it's called the triumphal procession. Yeah. Ooh. That one's a, that Ooh. one. That one I get excited about when I start reading that one. That one gets his blood pumping. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um. Where was that? So, okay. So okay. So another idea is okay. His trip to Tartars. Just as Jesus took our sins to the cross. For us as the sacrificial lamb of the Passover, he also prophetically fulfilled the requirements of the sacrificial animals used for the Day of Atonement. So Passover is in spring, Day of Atonement is in fall. Mm. But he's, he's simultaneously taking care of all of that, I, I think, anyway, in my view. In Leviticus 16, a ram was offered as a whole burnt offering for the nation, a bull and possibly another ram because it gets a little cloudy here for how many animals we're talking about. But um, they were offered for the sins of the high priest and his family. And the first goat was offered for the sins of the nation. And lastly, the second goat was set free in the wilderness. So there's several animals in this event. Jesus is the fulfillment of all these rituals. Jesus fulfills the blood of the bull and the ram, which was sacrificed for the nation and the sins of the high priest and his family. He fulfills the first goat sacrifice, which provided a cleansed relationship between God and the nation. And he fulfills the role of the second goat, which transports sin away from God and his people. So he he takes care of all of it. Uh, Even though the prophetic fulfillment of the fall feasts have yet to be completed, the event of the cross has satisfied all future sacrifices. Jesus is eternal. He doesn't have to repeat the sacrifices due on the future Day of Atonement. He has fulfilled all things related to sacrifices once and for all. Do you have questions? No, keep going. Okay, because I am kind of talking about the spring feasts have already been fulfilled prophetically, but I think you kind of know that. But Yeah. Okay. He's, he's um, walking through the sequence with this. Right, he is the sacrificial lamb. I think that's beaten into Christian culture. Christ is the sacrificial lamb, and they don't really realize what that all means. I mean, you gotta look in Leviticus, yeah, and understand that there's like certain sacrifices for certain sins. There's certain things they do at certain times based on certain things, you know. So, right, there is a formula to it, and Jesus is walking that formula out, right is what is happening in the New Testament, right? Just yep. how we said that Mount Hermon shows up a lot through the Bible, sacrifices and lambs and stuff like that. That symbol, right, is being shown in the Old Testament and then is played out physically in the New Testament. Right. On a different level than you would have never expected. Yeah, and I suspect that there's more levels after oh. whatever age we're in, like during the millennium, 
Right. We'll, we'll you can realize. redo the whole Bible and go, what? That was there the whole time? Yeah. Anyways, not redo the Bible, but... Oh, yeah, it'll just unlock. It. It'll yep. be like, no way, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is wild. Yep. Uh, at the cross, the trip that Jesus took for us as he passed into the underworld is a combination of several things prophetically. It is linked to the Passover events of Exodus 12... He is the blood that protects us from the angel of death. It is also connected to Isaiah 53 and John 1, 29, that concept where Jesus is the Lamb of God whose blood is shed to cleanse the sins of the world. And he is like the second goat carrying our sins away from us and God. But only Jesus could effectively bear our sins away from God forever. Again, at the cross, he took our sins and descended with them into the grave, transporting them to Sheol. Once in Sheol, he preached certain doom to the imprisoned watchers in Tartarus and deposited our sins where they belong, in the depths of the grave. Then Jesus rose in triumph, and I have a future teaching on that, the triumphal procession. Uh, in his perfectly glorified, uh, he rose in triumph in his perfectly glorified body and is now seated at the right hand of God, waiting for the correct time to destroy Satan's end-time army and complete his redemption of the earth. He alone has the right to rule the earth. The fallen realm has no right to do so. Mm. So would you say that in crucifixion, Jesus was both being the first goat and the second goat? Yeah, and the bull and the ram, you know, he's cleansing everything, yeah. Right, he's... He's uh, being sacrificed, right? But then also taking our sins and giving them and saying, here, all you have now is sins. Yeah. Enjoy these. <laughs> yeah. Have a great time with them. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's the way I see it. He He's multidimensional anyway, so he can fulfill many things at one time. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for us, right, we had to do the microwave and then do the the tire and then do the fence and then do the gutter, right? Jesus could do all those at once. All time. at once. Yeah. Do it all in one time. That's right. Beautiful. I love it. And all at the same time. Yeah. Without any time passing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> take it from my head. Sing it. All right. So now this is gonna get okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna outline all the feasts. Okay. So it is it's about to get complicated. complicated. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Boy. So the connection to the feast. All right. Now let's think on a large scale and place this Azazel thing into the Day of Atonement. Better yet, let's picture the uh, the whole picture of the seven feasts of the Lord. Let's look at the whole thing. The first three are the spring feasts: Passover, which unleavened just bread, happened. first fruits. Yep. We just went through that one. Passover happens around Easter time, not always, but it's pretty pretty, pretty close. close. Yep. Passover and Lenver bread, first fruits. Okay. Yep. Those three go together. Mm-hmm. They're they're one they're three Are they like a week long? Oh, yeah, right. it's about a week long with their three events together in one package. Okay. So these are a prophetic insight into our salvation through Christ. They correspond to his death, burial, resurrection. Okay. So through those three. Passover, unleavened bread's first fruits. Yep. Exactly. That makes sense. Uh, Passover in the Old Testament relates to Israel being released from slavery. In the New Testament, Jesus is the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, who releases us from 
eternal death and slavery. Mm. So there's the connection there. There's another symbol. Unleavened bread. This is the removal of leaven from your house. This symbolizes removing sin, the sin of life. I also see this as a family commitment to pursuing the Lord and not the world. That's just my own thing. Okay. Uh, first fruits symbolizes new life and abundance from the Lord. And so it will be for his people, resurrection from death to abundant eternal life. So those are, that's kind of the first package. That was fulfilled through Jesus' resurrection and explosion out of Sheol. By the way, there was an earthquake when Jesus entered Sheol. Matthew 27, 51. And when he exited Sheol, Matthew 28, 2. Boom. There's another podcast. Boom. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't studied it. But there was two earthquakes. earthquakes. Uh, the fourth feast. So this one's in the middle. It's in the summer. It's called Pentecost. It stands alone. In the Old Testament, it's corresponded to the giving of the law when Moses brought the tablets down from Mount Sinai. In the New Testament, it marks the release of the Holy Spirit upon the church. And there's much more about that, but I'm trying to make this quick. Okay, and the last three of the seven feasts are the fall feasts. So there are also another set of three that work together. They're a prophetic view into our future. They have yet to be fulfilled, so that this stuff hasn't happened yet prophetically. They are trumpets, day of atonement, tabernacles. So like... The um, now it's escaping me. Post tribulation, yeah, around then it's around right? that. It would be Some, around that's that what time. those those fall feasts are about. So I would think so. Yeah, probably the first four have been completed, and then there's three more left to happen. Right, maybe. Yep, because Jesus has died for our sins. The Holy Spirit's been released on the church, so the first four feasts have been taken care of. The last three are we're still waiting on those. So, uh, um. The Feast of Trumpets corresponds to the final warning that the inhabitants of the earth get before Jesus returns, when the final trumpet is sounded. So, a bunch yep. of trumpets being sounded, right? Yep. The Day of Atonement correlates with cleansing sacred space and sending sin away from the camp of God, the camp and God's people. Okay. To the Azazel, which this is, is when this would happen. Yep. In the, the feast timeline for yep. the Jews. Okay. And tabernacles relates to King Jesus living among his people. He tabernacles with them. Okay. Okay, so now let's, we've covered all seven feasts. Let's get them. back. You're missing one. No. What about Hanukkah? Uh, that's, <laughs> okay. that's not, <laughs> it's in the Bible, but it's not the feast of the Lord. It was added later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, you little booger. Okay. Even though you're bigger than me. Uh, yeah, you better watch out. Yeah, watch out. Um, but since we're talking about Azazel in Leviticus 16, let's hone in on the Day of Atonement. There are probably four, possibly five animals required for this event, two for the priest and three for the people, but I don't want to get lost in those details. Okay. And, you already lost me. <laughs> and as I said, this is when sin offerings were made for God's people and the tabernacle in their midst. The blood of the sacrificial animals were applied to certain things in and around the tabernacle. Mm. The tabernacle was a portal, oh, snap. a portal, it was a portal where God entered into the midst of his people. And that portal had to be habitually cleansed for God to enter there. Then the second goat was sent into the wilderness as a transport vehicle for the sins of the nation. 
So that's kind of what the Azazel thing's about. But consider, now I'm going to give you a, a contrast here, but consider how completely different the nature of God is compared to the fallen realm. They demand food and drink offerings every month to prove that you are worthy of their attention. I'm, I'm talking about the old world now. Right. Don't do that much now. They require... Well, they do. <laughs> uh, anymore. You just don't see it the same way. Yeah. You know, you may not be giving them food and sacrifices, but you are sacrificing your attention to them, right? Mm-hmm. They require attention from you. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. Okay, so they want food and drink every month. They require blood sacrifice of both animals and humans in order to maintain their favor and avoid their wrath. This commemorated the antediluvian pre-flood age when the fallen watchers and Nephilim walked among men and demanded animal and human flesh for their cannibalistic appetites. God, however, however, is nothing like this. He is concerned with his people being cleansed so he can live with them and bless them. He is not cannibalistic. He does not need food or drink libations to keep him alive. He loves his people. They are his children, not his cattle. He doesn't sell his favor, and you can't manipulate favor from him. And so, the Day of Atonement was when God made provision for the camp and his people to be cleansed. The refuse from the cleansing process was symbolically loaded onto a live goat and sent out to Azazel. It was not a payment. It was not a sacrifice. It was a live goat carrying sin back to where it came from, the fallen realm, and to Azazel. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. Wow. Wow. You packed that really well. You unpacked it really well, too. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. Yeah, Azazel's weird. It is. Some weird stuff there. I think we'll ever get to actually like see the entity. I wonder. Someday in eternity. Like you said, you know, it's always been there. It's in the Bible. And then like we'll be enlightened to understand fully what was all there. And you'll be like, oh, my word. Yeah. Um, it could be. Um, that's a good question because part of our human... Okay, the fallen realm hates us because we're we're much more we're we're well below them in intelligence and everything else, and yet God has this thing where He makes the He makes the first last and the last first. He does stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there will be a time when we will judge these entities. It will be part of our job. So. Mm. So uh, yeah, fascinating. I mean, they, they have, they That's have part of our role in heaven. Uh, yeah, We're or maybe be even before. I'm not playing sure. Flutes and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, judging entities. Yeah, I think we are I'm going give to give you be... a five point four <laughs> out of a scale of ten, <laughs> on a scale of seven. Who knows? Yeah, whatever, whatever the perfect scale is. Yeah. I yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I, I was just going to say I I think um, part of God's plan is to bring us back into the uh, into the divine council um, because there are empty seats because some have been kicked out. Mm. And uh, Paul does talk about us judging angels or judging entities. Um, 
and we have the right to not I, I wouldn't do it now but we have the right to because they have invaded our territory this earth did belong to us or yeah, supposed to it still does but yeah they're alien to it this is us natively this yeah. is our native land yep so God will put us in the right position and we'll yeah I got a question for you that's totally oh yeah let's not random and then we can wrap it up no, no, I'm cool. You can ask me. Do you think that on the International Space Station, they are communicating with entities? Like, what's happening on the International Space Station? I don't know. This is not biblical at all, guys. I'm sorry. This is just something that was talked to me. I'm like, I bet they're communicating with spiritual beings, you know, and just like vibing on a totally different level. Well, I mean... At the top of Mount Hermon, we've got the UN base. That's near maybe Azazel's Dominion. <laughs> yeah, and Hermon, I mean, it's nasty up there in the winter. It's it's, real it's nasty. I mean, and they're up there all year round. Hmm. The UN, it's the largest fully manned base. That's wild. Highest and largest fully manned UN base in the world, I think. Is on Mount Herman. Is on Mount Herman. Wow. Well, what are they looking for, and what are they watching out for? What are they doing? Who are they talking to? Yeah. Why? Why does the Why does the UN have to be up there to keep peace? Supposedly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's a great uh, question. Yeah. I don't know. I need to read the book in Enoch. That's what I've been thinking about. Gonna do that at some point. Do it, man. Yeah. I, I, it It's not an easy read. Yeah. I've read it. Have you, I've listened to it on have you podcast. Read Le- Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> have I read Leviticus? It's not an easy read either. <laughs> Deuteronomy. It's not easy. Deuteronomy. Do the right thing. What are they calling it? Do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's wrap it up. Why am I boring you? Yeah. Okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. Not joking. Um, no, cool. this is a good time to end. Thank it you is. for bringing this up. And well, notes. Reach out if you want. You want to hit us up for notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get them to you, but yeah. Yeah. What What else? Uh, I don't know. What else? Is uh, shout out to Aunt Tammy and Uncle Chad who met with me to get a bunch of notes. That Ooh. was awesome. Yeah, they. I handed him a, a boatload. Yeah. That was cool. fun. That was fun talking to them. Yeah. yeah, it's cool to see this like how it's just growing. Yeah. Yeah, I got the music in the back. That's cool. You good? So, all right, all right, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, check us out on YouTube eventually. Uh, we'll link it. Um, tell your friends. Hit us up, Timmy's Podcast at gmail.com if you want notes. I got them all digitally on the PDF. We'll see you on the next Dadcast. Cool. Peace. Peace out.